Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Alex Beeson. Um, I'm the Sophos Business Manager uh, here at Arrow. Um, uh, I'm joined today um, by uh, John Hope from Sophos, um, and we're going to talk through some exciting stuff together. Fantastic. Yeah. Hi, and thank you for inviting me onto your podcast, Alex. I think this is going to be a welcome. really, really exciting collaboration. So we're going to do this on a monthly basis. Um, just to give you guys as channel partners really a bit of an insight into the things that are going on at Sophos, um, new products that we've launched, sneak peeks at some of the things that are coming down the line, new features, new functions, events that we're doing, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully there'll be lots and lots of exciting content to go through. Great, perfect. So uh, John, what, what's going on at Sophos? Tell us some new and exciting news. Okay, well, let's let's I guess let's frame that with um, a report um, many of our listeners will probably know if they've been to my events and that sort of thing that I love to talk about research that we do. And there's an interesting document that landed just uh, just into the back end of 2023 that was really interesting, the Active Adversary Report. And one of the things that we learned from the Active Adversary Report really is that the cyber criminals are increasingly moving to a model where their, their ransomware is actually delivered by human operatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of unusual, isn't it, Alex? Because I guess we're living in a world now where everything is AI and automated, and yet yeah. the cyber criminals are going the opposite way, really. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think that's that's one of the things that's probably the most interesting in, in how you adapt and how we move forward. Because again, as we all know, IT is always developing, it's always changing, um, and we need to keep up with the times just as the attackers are, um, the defenders need to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly where the, the conversation is going, is that um, the active element of these attacks means that technology on its own really fundamentally isn't enough anymore to keep on top of these threats. Because humans, they've got this great ability to try new techniques, adapt, evolve. And the best one in the world, static protection, you know, of any kind of ilk isn't, isn't really enough. So one of the first things I wanted to talk to our audience about, actually, Alex, is is some of the new features that that have recently launched that help to combat these active adversaries. Um, it's not really a product launch per se, because you can't go out and buy active adversary defense. Mm-hmm. You'll find these functions um, smattered really throughout our, our product portfolio. Um, and probably the best place to start, I guess, actually, is probably on, on IntercepTex itself. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of things that already were in IntercepTex. Um, one of those is remote encryption um, and the ability to detect and, and block remote encryption. It's amazing how many cybersecurity vendors, um, they're only really looking at encryption events um, that are happening actually on the device itself. Um, and the cyber criminals, they know this. And one of the techniques that cyber criminals often use is they will get hold of a, an unmanaged device, a, a poorly configured device, and they will then use that as a bridgehead and launch encryption not on that at that device, but actually targeting other devices on the estate. Um, IntercepDex has, has pretty much always had the ability to detect encryption, even if it's coming in from somewhere remotely. So any of you out there that have sold um, IntercepDex before will know already that we're covering that base and there's not really many cybersecurity vendors that do that which is which is kind of interesting um the other angle and i'm sure you've probably got some commentary on on this aspect as well is is poor configuration um we've pretty recently added into our user interface for software central the ability to conduct a, a health check um basically looking at the site looking at the config making sure that users are following best practice and all that that sort of thing 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting you say that um, in terms of the health check side of things. We were actually running an event um, next week in in the Abing, the Sophos Abingdon headquarters um, for some of our, our MSPs. And one of the things we're covering in that workshop is the health check aspect of that and how to utilize those tools to your fullest. Um, and for an MSP, especially when when you are managing a customer's estate, being able to see a live environment and see what's, what's working, what's not, and where might the gaps be. Um, it's not only a great way to uh, support your end users, but also potentially open up some new opportunities for you as the as the partner to to be able to broaden um, your portfolio within that customer's landscape as well. Absolutely, yeah. Nobody wants to just sort of buy a service and be forgotten about until it's time to renew. I think it's pretty <laughs> positive when a partner calls you up and says, "Hey, I just want to do a quick health check with it, just make sure everything's okay." I think those sorts of things it just shows that you you kind of care really. I think that's important. Um, so those are existing features. I did say that the whole purpose of the podcast really in your direction was make it about new products and services and stuff. <laughs> I miss, missed that already. Um, so the new stuff, so active adversary defense in intercept text. This is quite a cool mode, actually, that we've added in. Um, in certain scenarios where we detect that we are seeing a cyber criminal constantly picking at a device, um, intercept text will now go into a, effectively a lockdown state. Um some of my more nerdy friends in engineering like to call it shields up mode. Um, this, this is basically where uh, intercept text will take away certain services that the cyber criminals are likely to use to try and pivot to other, other, uh, other devices, try new techniques, that kind of thing. Um, the analogy I like to use is um, it is a little bit like the analogy of leaving me outside your front door with a lock picking kit and, and YouTube. Um, <laughs> actually, I will figure out how to get in. It's just a matter of time. One day. <laughs> yeah yeah and the whole purpose of, of of active adversary defenses in this scenario is to take that luxury of time away so by by taking all the tools away um then the cyber criminal gets eventually it's a bit like tar pitting but eventually they get frustrated and hopefully they move on to another victim or another network somewhere um we don't invoke it under many circumstances because it can be quite intrusive um it may take away services that a user might actually want so mm -hmm. we'll do it when we really have to do it but it's quite a nice way of combating the the uh, active adversary side of things. It's also nice to have that peace of mind as well, to know that there is that ability to to do that if you need to as well and, and bring that kind of, not severe action, but but a high level of, of lockdown into that to try and stop it in its in its depth and like say just not give them the time to be able to manipulate and try and do something else and, and take advantage of another area they may have found in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very true. And talking about other areas, actually, the other the next feature down the list is um, critical attack warning. Um, so um, adaptive uh, defense is very much focused on the individual device, um, whereas critical attack warning is much more of a statewide um, protection. And what this is designed to do is, is really break out the confines of Sophos Central when an organization is, is under significant attack. Um, one of the things that we often see when we do health checks, and you've probably got some experience in this as well, is we we look at the console and we find there are loads of alerts that have just been ignored and dismissed. Mm -hmm. no, nothing's happened with it. Um, and if if there's a really significant incident and you've got you know network <laughs> flames, you you want to be on it and know about it. So we're going to use critical attack warning to send the administrators things like emails, SMS, phone calls in some cases, flag it up in top of our central so they have to do something about it. Yeah. So they can either choose to investigate the incident, they can choose to call us off as partner if it's if it's been presented to the end user or they can call incident response at Sophos and obviously then we can begin an incident response engagement but the point here is the organization is under critical attack and they need to do something about it 
um, and we don't want to leave that information just lying in the console and not not be brought to the surface definitely i think what and this is one of the things i think is it's potentially like uh, an issue within the industry is that there's it's saturated with a lot of security products that all are looking at different aspects they're all alerting on different things and it's it's being able to understand the, the noise um, and what is actually worthwhile looking at. So I think it's a really good feature, like you say there, to be able to kind of say, no, you need to look at this right now because there's there's a significant event happening um, and, and it needs someone's attention rather than just mute all notifications when you get into the office because uh, <laughs> you've got too much else to do. Yeah, exactly that. You talked on seeing a statewide and, and looking at sort of a broader range of telemetry. You've, you've almost had an amazing segue into something else I wanted to talk about, but I'll come back onto that in a second. <laughs> there, is, there is another integration that I wanted to talk about a little bit um, around uh, active adversary defense and um, and using our firewall. Ah, oh, perfect. Um, so imagine a scenario where you've got an endpoint in the estate that is experiencing some kind of in- issue and our MDR desk at Sophos or the customer's own XDR desk have carried out an investigation. They found the devices calling out to a previously unseen um, malicious IP address, maybe command to control, something like that. What used to happen in the old days is our MDR desk would email the end user and, and tell them, hey, we've we've seen this IP address that your device is connecting to and we think you should block it on your firewall. And if that's an evening, a weekend, holiday, big organization with change control, you know, by the time they've implemented this policy, it's, it's useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Important to emphasize this is a feature of Sophos Firewall version 20 and upwards. Um, we're, we're adding in a capability where if we carry out an investigation or the, the, the uh, end user carries out an investigation with XDR, we can slide um, additional blocks into the firewall blocking the things that we found as part of investigation. So in that same scenario where that, that IOC is, is detected and recorded, we'll stop other devices in the estate going to the same place. We can then create reports telling users that their IP, the, the, these machines internally are connected to a remote IP address so they can sk- see how wide and what the scope of the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty neat little integration. It's yeah. quite nice as well because, you know, we, we've somewhat defaulted, I guess, if a customer's got an existing firewall that we kind of sell the integration pack and say, well, it's great that you've got a Acme firewall. Here's our integration pack. We'll pull that into the into the MDR service. Um, but this is actually a really good reason for partners to be having a conversation about swapping an incumbent firewall over to a, to a Sophos firewall, mm-hmm. uh, because you're only going to get that feature and that capability with a, with a Sophos firewall. So quite, quite, quite a nice little, uh, nice little like, extra bonus there really, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's one of the things that there is that benefit of that, that vendor consolidation conversation is that the ability to use the information from your estate is 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 broadened quite significantly because you can paint those policies across multiple different um points within your your organization that just allows you to adapt a lot more quickly rather than relying on having to go in and manipulate different vendors consoles and stuff policies and you can just you can push it across if i've seen this and automatically it's pushed across all those so if the same is being seen, then you're not at risk of being attacked through that vector. Definitely, uh, definitely adding extra value as well as you know, if you're, you're an MSP, then you know managing all those different consoles is just time time consuming. It's complex. It's expensive. It's yep. nice to be able to consolidate it all down into a single platform, um, which leads me nicely on actually talking about consolidation to uh, to a, a really really significant enhancement. That I'm very excited about on our XDR um, platform. Mm-hmm. 
so I've already alluded to the fact, of course, with our managed detection and response service, that we can pull in telemetry from a wide range of uh, of other sources, um, so other vendors' technology. But yeah. we've not previously really had much of a story to tell around XDR, um, other than it's bringing in telemetry from multiple different Sophos products. But thanks to a very recent release, we're now able to to offer up the same integration options that you would experience um, as an MDR customer. So if an organization does have the ability to run their cybersecurity in-house and they are interested in um, running an, an XDR solution, then they can now consolidate all the other vendors' tech into into the same console so the integration packs are sold in exactly the same way there's there's one for endpoint there's one for productivity there's one for email firewalls um so on and so forth so they've got all of the same options to bring that telemetry into the xdr console perfect yeah and it just gives them the opportunity to do you know a statewide threat hunts that included telemetry from all these different sources and again really getting the best value out of out of the uh the investments that they've already made um, we've also streamed on the console as well to make it as easy as it can be. So including things like a new case flow and a case book where you can tag in images and um, write notes and and um, really create a case book to, to work through. Um, SQL searching as well. So using common, common, common language, moving towards almost like a chat GPT style. Mm-hmm. Tell me more information about this particular scenario in plain language, and it will be able to work it out for you. So that's that's really making it a little bit easier to easier to use for sure. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say everyone everyone loves something easier to digest than uh, having to scroll through logs and code and everything else that the, the guys will have yeah. to deal with on a day to day basis. Absolutely, absolutely. Anything to anything to make it simple. I mean, having said that, we can't make threat hunting simple. It is it is quite a discipline, and <laughs> for many organisations, it's still a leap too far. But if you're going to go down the route of XDR, then this is as this is as straightforward as it gets, really. And that's the thing I think for for like you say for active threat hunting, having as much information as possible is, is necessary. So those integration packs are really key because you want to be able to be ingesting information from all attack vectors not just a single source because that just significantly limits your ability to be more effective realistically in in that active threat hunting yeah absolutely and i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pull you up on one thing you said there because <laughs> the sources of telemetry and known devices is actually really interesting as well so um it has been a little while this isn't breaking news by any stretch but it's worth mentioning our ndr as part of a, a conversation around xdr as well because it's amazing how many times attacks involve some kind of device that's unmanaged or unprotected. Um, in fact, our own investigations say it's about 80% of cases have some kind of unmanaged device in there somewhere. Wow. And that could either be that the administrators just like overlooked one of the devices, or it could be it's a it's an Internet of Things device that just can't have an agent on there, or it could be a critical piece of infrastructure in a hospital or a factory that just you can't put protection on. So um, NDR is great as a sensor to be able to see what's going on across the estate, even if you don't actually have presence on the endpoint itself. So um, just in case people weren't aware, you can you can tag NDR into an XDR um, uh, sale as well so that you've got that extra visibility in build. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So talking about integ- new in- newer integrations as well, we could probably talk about some of the the integrations that are just on the horizon actually so one yeah. of the interesting ones is uh, i'm probably sure you've probably seen is is veeam 
Indeed, yes, yeah. Um, we 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 benefit Arrow here of 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 um, a partnership with Veeam in ourselves. We have a, a Veeam vendor team, so reach out to the Veeam vendor team if you have anything Veeam related, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. We've we've obviously been in conversations about a joint venture with with that team and and looking at how those two technologies together can um, bring together a, a powerful kind of solution. But um, I, I'm sure you'll know much more of the details and the interesting stuff than than I will. Well, I'll paint your picture at a pretty high level. So, so obviously, cyber criminals attack organizations almost universally because they want to make money out of those organizations. And the most common way, of course, to do that, we all know, is, is ransomware. Um, if you're going to attack an organization, they are not going to pay any ransom demand if they've got a backup. Yeah. <laughs> without saying, really, that, that you know, you can't encrypt data and expect them to pay if there's a, they've got a copy line around. Um, so the, one of the common attack vectors cyber criminals tend to execute on is that once they get into an organization, they'll find the backup server, they'll shut it down, they'll destroy the backups, they'll change the passwords, all this sort of stuff. So you can see the logic of a Veeam integration. Um, so we are able to pull information from, from Veeam customers um, to see exactly those scenarios. Has the backup destroyed? Has the password been changed? Have the policies been altered? Um, really useful telemetry that is a pretty good indicator that if those things are happening and the admin doesn't know about it, that they're, they're probably about to have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> the integration is actually just super logical from, from that perspective. 100%. And that's the thing, like you say, it's it's about trying to have something to work from. And if again, if you can ultimately protect the backup, you do take away that element of the, the attacker's power, which then ultimately could potentially save you in that scenario. Um, so yeah, to, to have an early warning system to say, might want to check on this and watch out for your backup. It's, um, I can imagine, valuable to a lot of organizations um, as a, a kind of zero day um, type yeah. scenario. Absolutely. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's just on the horizon. Um, thinking about other things that are on the horizon, actually, just as we uh, start to to bring things a little bit to a close, maybe. Um, we are in early access program for our new Sophos DNS protection. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you saw that. What you did? Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard some exciting stuff. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to to hearing more info. Definitely. Okay, so yeah, DNS protection is is one thing actually. A lot of partners have been asking about for a little while. So let's just pair it back a little bit first of all, and just talk about what DNS protection is and, and how it works. So hopefully most of the audience members will be pretty familiar with how DNS works. But essentially, if you want to go to www.arrow.com, then then your computer doesn't really know what that is and will go to a DNS server to basically turn that, that human readable address into an IP address so it knows how to get there and, and get the information backwards and forwards. So kind of the whole internet really relies on DNS to, to work out where things are. Um, and because it's so intrinsic, it's actually a really good place but an often overlooked place to actually start doing some security. Um, so what we're going to do with Sophos DNS is we are going to provide our own DNS service. So we'll be doing the link between you typing in your web address and getting getting the, the website that you want to get. The reason we want to slide into that is if you request like a bad URL or a bad destination, then, then we can intervene and maybe not give you the response so that it, you just can't connect to it. Yeah. So there's a couple of scenarios where that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, where the cyber criminals are uh, active and they're they're setting up servers and 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 domains and 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 uh, URLs that we know to be malicious, we can simply not give Sophos DNS protected customers the results. Yeah, and even if they don't have Sophos on their endpoint, then they're still protected using that mechanism. 
you can also use it as an, I mean, it's not designed to be web content filtering, but yeah. obviously if you request a domain and we know it's gambling, for example, or we know it's pornography, or we know it's something which we don't necessarily want the organization to be able to access, then there is also the opportunity to put some rules and policies in place to say, you're not allowed to get those results. And therefore by extension, you're not going to get those, those addresses. But I think the yeah. DNS protection is a really more fundamental protection against just a whole range of, of different attack scenarios because DNS is relied upon not just for HTTP, HTTPS protocols, which talked about web traffic, yep. but many other protocols rely on DNS in order to find where they need to be going to and from and that kind mm. of thing. Um, so DNS kind of slides in quite nicely, a, a, a layer of protection right across the estate. Um, it's also mega easy to set up. I was amazed. I, I actually ran the EAP here at home um, the other day and tested it on my family. And it's just so easy to set up. So basically what you do is you, you take the IP addresses that we have at Sophos for mm -hmm. our DNS server and you, you, you pop them into to, um, to whatever's, you know, create the DNS requests, Sophos firewall, of course. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, your DNS is, is, is you know, using Sophos and you're, you, you're kind of automatically covered. The other part of the puzzle you have to do is in Sophos Central, you need to tell us where your requests are going to come from. And that's okay. so, so we can make sure you've got a license. Yep. Obviously. Uh, and then also make sure that we can give you the reports. So one of the, well, the quite cool things is you can see, you know, who's making DNS requests, what type of sites they're asking for. And what times a day, all this sort of really useful information in, inside uh, the DNS report. So it's quite an exciting additional string to the bow, really. It's a nice sort of additional layer of security, which is relatively straightforward to, to set up. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's any layer that you can add, even if it's just a small layer of protection over, just to give you more information on what's happening across that area is always going to give you better feedback. Um, and I think something like like the DNS side of things um, and the reporting, it just gives you an understanding of, of, especially now a lot of workforces are remote as well. It just gives you an understanding of what's happening during those times because it's not always simple to spot patterns where people are working late at night or on the weekends because we do have more access to everything. But there will be certain instances where they will be anomalies and why you're logging on at that time, why are you trying to access that particular uh, website for, for what reason maybe it's, and, and I think that again, that the wealth of information that Sophos has being such a big brand with, with its massive data, lake, the amount of information and stuff that you guys will see and have classified already um, you or just by implementing Sophos DNS, you're going to have immediate access to all of that intelligence, all of that understanding. Um, so straight off the bat, again, as long as it's configured properly, um, you're going to have that immediate protection of hundreds of thousands of customers that may have already tried to call to these websites that Sophos will be able to say, nope, not going there because we know it's not good. Yeah, absolutely right. It's one of the places we can leverage all the intelligence we have at labs. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the data lake as well because I missed a bit. I forgot to mention the fact that, as you, you probably would expect, actually, um, DNS protection, when it's launched, will have a story around MDR and XDR as well. So obviously all the inquiries that we we see being made will go into the data lake. Mm -hmm. So if you as a customer are using XDR to carry out that investigation, or if it's an MDR customer, in both cases, we'll be able to see those requests and build up a bigger library of understanding of what's going on in the estate based on all that telemetry so nice little joined up story there for a product that hasn't even been launched yet yeah perfect yeah exciting times then absolutely yeah so talk about exciting times so you talked about the um the uh event in abingdon you talked a bit about some collaboration with veeam is there any any other little nuggets you you want to share about what's going on at arrow before we wrap up 
Yeah, so I mean, there, there's lots of stuff going on. Um, we're into Sophos's uh, quarter four um, with with Jan, Feb, and March. So um, lots of activities and lots of events. There's some MSP get-togethers um, that are happening um, up and down the country. There's one in London, one in Manchester, one in Glasgow. There's also one in Dublin over in Ireland as well. Um, so do reach out to to, to my team um, to find out more information on those. Um, but they're get-togethers where you can obviously learn some more insights, understand more what's coming from Sophos. Um, um, uh, have a nice day out on top of that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the MSP workshops next week, um, we're looking to run those more frequently as well. And the idea of those is that um, to, to broaden horizons, I think there's some partners that will will be very comfortable selling us a, a set of products, but they they may not understand further developments. Obviously, Sophos is developing and bringing out new things constantly. Um, and sometimes I think those partners don't necessarily get to see all those changes happen as they as they do. But all of the new changes and all of the new products coming out from Sophos are extra strings to their bow. They're additional services that they can um, not only obviously make their their customers more secure and, and improve their security posture, but also it's additional services that they can make additional revenue from ultimately and, and make themselves more profitable off the back of that. Very good point. Well, thanks for the summary on that one. I guess uh, it's your podcast. You should probably, uh, yeah. probably wrap it up. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, uh, yeah, I think we'll wrap up there. And uh, firstly, thank you so much, John, for for joining us today uh, for this month's podcast. As you mentioned earlier, we're going to be doing this monthly anyway. So I'll, um, I'll no doubt speak to you uh, very, very soon. But um, hopefully everyone's uh, found today's conversation very valuable. Um, lots of exciting things to, to come from Sophos. Uh, lots of opportunity, um, but also we'll continue to uh, bring you uh, the latest updates and insight, exciting stuff um, as we go through. Fantastic. Thanks, Alex. That's been great. So awesome to our listeners. Thank you very much indeed for, for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next month. See you next month. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye.